0: Welcome to the 30-Minute Week Podcast
1: on WFUVsports.org. Yes, and just like the title said, this is the 30-Minute Week Podcast. Every week, every Tuesday, I am your host, Reed Horner. Joined by the always talented Manny Adeye, who just returned from Africa. Oh, I'm back, baby. That... Some interesting stories about what went on in Africa. How you feeling? Yeah, being say, stateside again.
0: Uh, you know what? I feel great. Uh, I'm happy to be in cooler weather. I think a lot of people who know me, I say this almost every other day now. I'm not. I'm 80 and above is not for me. Your sweat sweats. I'm not. even, uh, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I don't even sweat that much when I work out, and that's really true. I ask my teammates, but me just standing outside <laughs> in 80 or 70 plus, I'm done. As someone
1: who grew up in Miami, I, I I feel you. I I also have notoriously sweaty legs, only the legs.
0: Don't no, get it. for me it's just it's just everywhere. It's just bad. I I I know it's funny. I think I lost like I could have lost like twenty pounds over there if I did not eat crazy. Just from sweat. That's interesting. Very bad. Very Probably
1: depressing. only to us two though. Want well, to welcome you guys for joining us again. Shout out to Charlie Masiano today, being our producer as always. We're yeah, gonna man. get into some serious stuff this week. It's happened. Uh, Then we get into listener questions. You guys can always contact us at at 30 gmail.com. That's 30 as the number, not the word. First off, Manny, this is uh, more of an uncomfortable conversation for most people, but I think it's important. Adam Jones, Baltimore Orioles outfield, not usually making headlines, but he did earlier because they played Boston, and when he was leaving the game, some Boston fans were throwing peanuts at him. Uh, Racial slurs were being yelled at him. Not the most comfortable of environments, to say the least. Jones actually commented on the situation afterwards, saying, "A disrespectful fan threw a bag of peanuts at me, and I was called the N word a handful of times tonight. Thanks, pretty awesome." So, what do you take away from the situation? What are your initial thoughts when you hear something like this, Manny?
0: Uh, you know, it's funny to ask me this. I want to say it's funny. It's interesting because you know, this is a uh, this is an isolated incident. I would say this is not this does not speak about the state of. Uh, MLB as a a sport but it does speak to the state of where we are as a nation I mean obviously you know a lot of us know the uh the history of America and slavery and things like that and segregation and we also know that um though that is history it's still something that a lot of uh African Americans face now in in 2017 being our president so uh I do I don't believe that this is uh that this Shows what Boston's about, you know, and speaks about their friends and their organization. I do like like I said, it's an isolated incident. You know, not everyone is racist. Not everybody sees uh, African-American players the way uh, they kind of were saw in this incident the other day. But it's, it's just a shame that it's something that we still have to deal with and what's going on now.
1: Yeah, well, one of the things I love most about this podcast is that we're not afraid to get uncomfortable. Yeah, Sometimes the most uncomfortable conversations are the best ones.
0: That's right. you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable.
1: And that's exactly what this one is. You know, it's, again, I believe you, it's not uh, condemning the entire MLB or its fan base. This is an isolated incident in the sense that it's not necessarily, at least to our knowledge, happening at every ballpark, every game. But I I think, in a way, it, it made me think, that I'm not again. I'm not blaming baseball for this incident, but it is this kind of weird cultural divide, and and baseball being one of the three big major sports in America, you know, you look at the NBA, which is seventy four point three percent black, the NFL, which is seventy percent black, but the number of black baseball players has been gone down steadily since the nineteen nineties, and yeah. currently sits at seven point one percent. I mean, they've gone, they've really grown their Hispanic demographic, especially from overseas, but. For some reason, the sport is not necessarily connecting with the black community. Now, it's not necessarily because, again, not because they're racist and they don't want to play. But this these fans obviously aren't involved. They don't realize it's 2017. And then made me think, you know, baseball isn't really an yeah. involved well, sport. Think about, you know? know,
0: a lot of people think about this incident. Well, you know, one thing that just hit me about this incident just now is that uh, racial slurs and trash talking there's a very fine line especially as a player there's a very fine line between and who it
1: comes from right <laughs> yeah
0: exactly you know like like you're on the field from who it comes from from who you're talking to no matter what race there's a very fine line between uh fans through players and racial slurs and who it comes from is big at the i don't want to say you know racial slurs are good at a certain time but timing with certain things you say you know it can be taken out of the contest and certain things like that but at the same time you know, you got to understand the world we live in and what you can and cannot say as who you are, no matter, depending on what race you are.
1: Yeah, and let me just... I- I'm curious to see, as a black athlete yourself, obviously, why do you think the baseball isn't really... Baseball doesn't seem that attractive to the black community, you know? Uh,
0: that's, that's like, the easiest question I could ever answer. You think so? Cause but, cause, see, I thought it was easy now. It's, it's yeah, actually, it, I, it made me think about I it. Think well, about we can it. talk about the fact that, you know, like... Because I was going to say, because when you grow up, a lot, a lot of black... Uh, young kids play little league. Yeah. You play little league, you play you play football. And some
1: of the greatest baseball players are black.
0: Yeah. Um I I really think it's it falls into like the stereotypes and stigmas of well then it speaks about the we gotta think about the sport. You know a lot of black athletes play football and basketball. Why? Yeah. Because basketball you can express your own brain, your own ego and things like that. And football, I don't know, it's just it's just the best sport in the world. Very biased <laughs> opinion. But honestly I think baseball is just as it's just not there. You know, for a certain for a number of African American players. And then you think about um just how like you said, the Hispanic um population of baseball players is growing, I think it's just is a high demand for that sport in certain in other places. You know, African Americans just high demand for basketball, high demand for football.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, we, can, we know the reality of our country, right? Black yeah. people are way more likely to be in poverty, way more likely to live in inner cities, right? And then those kids who come from inner cities do not have as many opportunities as, say, someone who does come from the suburbs, right? So yeah, sports is one of the only ways out.
0: And even growing up. They don't have the opportunities to even play baseball like that. Well, that's where I was going. With like, it, right? like you think about it, like me growing up in New York City. I think it's all the time. There's like a basketball hoop around every corner. Exactly. <laughs> everywhere you go, and you
1: play football with. You don't need pads. I don't, don't know about pads. you, but yeah, I played I when I was younger. Up, when I
0: first started playing football, I didn't put on pads in high school. I grew up in the streets, street ball, and I was not dominating.
1: And I didn't. I mean, I didn't grow up in the inner city, but I didn't. I played in a little league game, but I can tell you. The amount of money your community would need to have to support exactly. a league like that, the the equipment, the coaches, the the time commitment, the upkeep of the field. I would say the baseball field is a lot harder to upkeep than a basketball court or NFL court. A lot of it could speak to issues that actually don't relate to the sport itself. Yep. And I just it, – it, it, it's kind of upsetting because, you know, I think baseball every year loses maybe some of its greatest athletes that could have been, you know? Yeah, very true. But – yeah, I just I, I just wanted to kind of have that conversation. But, yeah, the horrible incident. These fans are isolated. They should be condemned. But I want to just, Jones, keep doing you. Because he's, he's, he's an all-star level player. He's yeah, not he just this no-name is. guy. All right, now let's get into the NFL draft where I think some people were uncomfortable for different reasons. <laughs> Maybe because they didn't get the players they wanted or they got the players they were begging their team not to draft. Regardless,
0: overall thoughts about the NFL draft. Who do you think won it, for example? Who do I think won the draft? Um, I'm going to say San Francisco, because... Why? Well, I'm, I've am i been a very huge fan of Solomon Thomas for, I want to say, a good a year and a half now. So it's not the Foster pickup late in the firsts? No, ah, uh, the... come on now. Let okay, me okay, there. my, bad, mean, my bad, my it's, bad. Please, like, can I work? Please let me work. I'll give you space. Please let me work. No, but honestly, seriously, I've been a huge... And I'm a defensive lineman, so I'm a huge fan. I've been watching him play for a while now, and he's... His game, his athleticism is just amazing to me, honestly. And I I felt like coming into the draft, he did great. Well, before pre-combine, a lot of people didn't really know what he can do. Like, if you don't really watch him play in Stanford, you don't don't know much. But after the combine, he did really well for himself, so I'm happy to see him go early. And then they got Ruben Foster. Like, come on. This is one of the hardest-hitting linebackers. Although he has the injury concerns. That's fine. Everybody has injury concerns.
1: I understand. No, I'm with you. But he and he plays through it though. He's a tough dude. Yeah. No. San Francisco is really one of those teams that could be labeled as the winners of this draft. Yeah. I mean, I spent so much time covering the draft for FUV. You did did a great job this week. Thank you, buddy. So we we had on draft night. We did live coverage like we do every year. And we were interviewing. I'm I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the reporter, but he was talking exactly how you were talking about the 49ers. Yeah. And he put it like this. He said the Cleveland Browns are the MVP, which I agree to. I think the Cleveland Browns won this draft, but that the 49ers and John Lynch are like the rookie of the year, you yeah, know, because okay. not only did they get Solomon Thomas, but they got tons of draft picks to move one down from Chicago. And they also got Thomas Reuben yeah. Foster. Again, I thought lightning in a bottle if directed in the right direction can be a dangerous weapon. Yeah, I love him, but I look at the Browns and, and maybe it's a product of them already having such a weak roster, but I they got four players that I think could legitimately be starters and have an impact on this team immediately. Miles Garrett. Then they go trade from Houston, get Jabril Peppers, who I love. He's basically a safety slash everything. Then they get J- David Njoku, who I think was the best tight end in this class, potential-wise. And then they finish it off in the second round to get Deshaun to Kaiser, who's far from a polished quarterback. But in the second round, I think he's definitely a steal, especially since many people were projecting him to be a first-round quarterback.
0: I mean, it's about time you know, that they made moves like this. Being at their team who's always in position, well, not always, you know, in eternity, but recently have been in position to get, <laughs> you know, to, to get higher picks because, of, you know, how bad their season is. A lot was. of trading going on. A whole lot of trading going on, too. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, they got great picks. I wasn't in the uh, the country for the draft. When <laughs> I got back and I recapped everything, I was shocked. And I was like, wow, the Browns actually made really good moves this time around. It's amazing. <laughs> Double take. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Who was the worst pick? Huh, the worst pick of the draft. I had to go the second pick. Really? Yeah. That Why? was that was
1: Trubisky. I mean, I agree with you. Trubisky was a reach. Not necessarily the worst pick in my opinion, but it was a reach.
0: That was I it was the most shocking and like I said, I wasn't here to see the draft, but I didn't expect to be shocked like that at pick number two. It it, it gave me a heart attack, trust it me. It was weird. Like, no, seriously, like it was really weird. Even Trubisky didn't think it. He said in an interview afterwards,
1: he's like, I worked out for them, never heard from them again. Never yeah. had any yeah. indication so, that they so, were going to so, do yeah. this.
0: So, like, uh, yeah, so like I said, you know, I wasn't here, blah, blah, blah. So, I'm reading, I'm looking up things, and, and head coach didn't know they were going to get him. Uh, He didn't know they were going to get him. They didn't even call him before the pick. He found out, like, I know. how we all found out. Which is awesome. Which is awesome, yes. <laughs> but also weird at the same time. Like, what's going on? And then you got to think about Mike Lennon. Like, you think the guy just got signed to. Uh, he was a little uh, disturbed, too. He's like, they didn't yeah. tell me. Yeah, this, but this is what you you're supposed to have that type of conversation with the whoever's sitting there as a QB. Well, line.
1: obviously he's not their franchise quarterback because
0: still, like they just signed, they just paid them decent money, you know, to come in and be their quarterback. Oh wait, no, we're gonna get a guy in the first round, second pick,
1: trade up. They gave up a lot too,
0: like ridiculous.
1: I agree with you. Although to me, my the worst pick was by the Bengals. They got John Ross at the ninth overall pick. He was the 5th best wide receiver to me at best. He's a 5'11 guy. Again, I'm very hesitant to draft anyone into the NFL that's smaller than me, but especially a guy (laughs) like him that runs the sloppiest routes. He <laughs> catches with his chest, which I hate in receivers. He doesn't use his hands. That chest, catch, uh, chest catching can work in college when you're wide open, but you need to get the hands going when you're in the NFL. He's going to suffer from drops for that reason, I think. And he also has the knees of an 80-year-old man. These are all not good factors that, to take a new receiver at number
0: nine. Well, you know why they took him, though, right? Well, tell me why. The man's fast. Like, it's legitimately that simple. And that's why... And it's that's such what's so, a stupid reason, it's though. So, it's so stupid. The 40-yard dash is the almost overrated drill of the combine. That's what's so crazy about the combine. You can do one thing stupid and ridiculous, and next thing you know, you're a first-round pick. Think about Byron Jones a couple years ago. I know.
1: No, literally 0. 0.5 seconds separated him from millions and millions
0: of yeah, dollars. exactly.
1: Ridiculous. It's
0: crazy. So I think they're horrible for that. I don't know. if It was to me, I'm not sure how much of a uh, special teamer he is, but i just have him return kicks with that speed. Honestly. I got you. All right,
1: so real quick, we went over kind of like the worst pick, bigger reach. Are there any sleeper picks you have that uh, Uh, um, may have gone later rounds for some, for instance, but people will get to know their name eventually?
0: uh, Sleeper pick to me, going to the later round. I just
1: got to go. I'm I'm sorry. I got one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Antonio Garcia, Patriots. Patriots were non-existent in the first two rounds, but I had Antonio Garcia actually as my fifth overall best offensive lineman, which is a great value for the third round. That's cool. Troy. He's really good size, really athletic. He's underweight, that's the problem, and he's very raw. But I think the Patriots culture could teach him to become a great offensive lineman.
0: Whoever the Patriots draft is automatically labeled a sleeper pick. (laughs) Because there's obviously something they know that the rest of us don't. And they're going to turn that person... To a Super Bowl champion. I, I also love Juju
1: Schuster. Yeah. Oh, he's missing My second best receiver in this class, taken in the second round by the Steelers. Yeah. But not only do I think he's amazing for a myriad of reasons, but I think the Steelers are great at drafting receivers. You look at their history. They've drafted – just go Google that, guys. Yeah. How many great receivers they've gotten. I think they know their stuff. This guy's going to be a big-time talent with Big Ben.
0: Shaquille Griffin going to the Seahawks from Central Florida. I think that's my biggest sleeper because, uh, obviously, he's a cornerback who's I don't know if you watch any of the Central Florida's game. He's he's talented. And him going to, uh working with Pete Carroll in that system, that's going to be really good for his future. And you never know what happens with uh Rip Sherman, so he may be out the door. You never know. He
1: some what call it? Some rumors saying he wanted to go to the Patriots. Listen. If the price is right, my friend. <laughs> listen, pri- listen, also, by the way, right. breaking news. We're, we're obviously pre-recording this so you guys know this, but Jamal Charles has just signed with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, baby. So now we know uh, that's going to be a little bit – if he can stay healthy, that's going to add another dimension to the Broncos' offensive game. I think Paxton Lynch going to become a name we know too as well.
0: I'm not worried about the Broncos.
1: All right. So before we get to listen to questions, we have one more thing to talk about. Arguably our favorite subject, the NBA playoffs first round <laughs> recap. So, Manny. Tell me some of the biggest storylines to come out of this first round. The
0: biggest storyline of the NBA is LeBron James. That, oh. that is the storyline. Come on. That's, I had to. You know I had How to. How is he the storyline? swept James. the They swept the, the Pacers. LeBron James, like he does every year, every time it comes to the playoffs, has elevated his game to another step, another level, and he's going to show everyone when he wins the championship this year why he is the greatest to ever do it. I said it here first. Well, I definitely didn't say it here first, but well, that's Well, I don't
1: even—I th- mean, I think LeBron's the best player in the NBA, but he wasn't even the best player in this first round. I think one of the biggest stories to come out of this came from the Washington-Atlanta series and John Wall taking that next step yeah. into, I think, super, super stardom, arguably. So we'll see what they do against Boston. But in Game 1, he goes 32 points, 14 assists. Game 2, 32 points, 9 assists. Game 3, 29 points, 7 assists, 10 for 12 shooting. Going on and on twenty two and it finishes all out game six forty two points eight assists to close out the series. John Wall's on fire and if this isn't a streak and this is his new self in the NBA, watch out because he could arguably become the best point guard in this league.
0: Uh, I agree with you. You know, honestly, I know I do my little LeBron thing all the time. I just have to get in there. But um, one <laughs> one of the biggest stories for me was definitely uh, the Clippers. Man, I was about to ask you, Chris Paul done? <laughs> I don't think you is know that whole thing done. But the problem is not Chris Paul; It's Blake Griffin. Like think about But it. does Chris Paul leave? Does Chris I, Paul
1: join someone like Milwaukee?
0: I don't think he needs to go. I think Blake should go. Blake should go to the East. I think Chris Paul stays he's good for that lane. But market. can they win?
1: Can Chris Paul lead the Clippers to an NBA championship?
0: With Melo, maybe.
1: So they need other pieces though. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, yeah. Can no one can do it by themselves. So I mean, you think
1: DeAndre Jordan, Melo, Chris Paul are the core of a Western Conference championship team with Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson a little bit north of them.
0: Yes, I do. I really do. I don't I think, know if I'm there yet. I mean, I think they're a better team than they are right now. I'm, I'm, trust me. Really? Yeah. I love Chris Paul. I think he's our, uh, maybe my Chris favorite Paul, point Paul's of our not generation. The he's no, not the problem. He's no. definitely not the problem on that team. I think you, you probably have to do something with J.J. Reddick.
1: He's not the problem, but he's also not the whole solution, I don't which think, is the problem. He's not one of those yeah. players that's the entire solution. LeBron's the entire solution. KD can come into a team and become the exactly. entire solution.
0: I, as we've seen in the playoffs, I don't think you can be a championship team with J.J. at the two, you know? And there's nothing against him. It's, I got you. It just can't be done. So you want to have the quick projections
1: first round. What do you think is going to happen with the next couple of series?
0: Uh, I think we're going to see a whole lot more LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James. And um, hmm. I'm
1: going to read off the series for you. You can tell me who's going to win and how. Okay, cool. San Antonio, Houston.
0: Wow. Uh, did you see the first game? Yep. Yeah. Houston on fire, up by one. Uh, I'm going to say Houston in six or seven.
1: Yep, I have Houston in six. Golden State, Utah.
0: Okay. Carry on. Next one, Golden State. In about four. I think
1: Golden State's gonna get tested in this, and they're gonna win in Game Seven against Utah. Watch, mark my words. Utah in- will push them.
0: Wow. Cleveland sweeps Toronto. Yes. Uh. Yes. Something's telling me five games, but I'm really, I'm gonna say sweep. Me too. I'm on
1: board. Cleveland is going to show why they're the best team in the East, and then Boston, Washington.
0: Washington wins this in six.
1: I have them winning in seven. I think John Wall is the best player in this game, in this whole matchup, but he doesn't really have enough help around him. Yeah. While the Celtics have A.V. Bradley, who's uh, learning to shoot now. And then, Isaiah uh, Thomas, Crowder, Horford. They're good enough to get to the Eastern Conference finals. I
0: can't remember his name, but when the Twins went down in the first game,
1: Mar- Markeith Morse? Yeah, man. Yeah, he's a big part too. They're not really deep at that position. Yeah. So, so that's, that's going to be, it's a blow. It's a blow for sure. Oh, we'll see what happens, though. I love the NBA. Yeah little projection, even though our job is to recap the week in sports. We'll see how things go. Now, LeBron, James. this is arguably the fav- my favorite part of the show. When we get to talk to you guys, the listeners, again, you can email us at your questions anytime at 30minuteweek at gmail.com. 30 is the number, not the word, and we will answer them in this segment. Charlie, what's our first question?
2: All right, so our first question is from Kevin from Brownsville, and he's, his question is, how many games do you think the Utah Jazz will take against the Warriors?
1: Okay, well I just said this, not a live show, so obviously they don't know. But yeah. I think Utah's a really good team. I think they're not good enough to win the Western Conference what Finals. Seven? But I think not because necessarily they're that good, but because they match up so well against Golden State. Again, is why I think Cleveland's going to beat them. Golden State's not strong in the middle. Utah's big if Gobert is healthy, if Gordon Hayward's healthy. They're big, they're long, they attack the rim. Golden State will ultimately beat them I think because they would just be too much shooting-wise and their defense is serviceable enough. But Utah is going to test them because they can poke, poke, poke them in their very spots where Golden State's weak.
0: Hey, man, shout out Kevin from Brownsville. That's my hometown, baby. New York, represent Brooklyn, <laughs> stand up. But, uh, no, no, in all honesty, uh, it's going to be tough for them, man. I mean, I see everything you're saying. At the same time, I see and have seen Golden State play. Well, it's year. hard to
1: imagine them losing a game. But yeah. trust me, it's going to happen.
0: I mean, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, at most, if I was being very generous, I'll say they win one game. Wow. honestly. I can't wait till I'm right. Okay.
1: And I can't wait for this next I mean, question, listen, Charlie. I you know me.
0: I would love for you to be right.
2: So the next question is from Kelly from Miami, Florida. And she says, will Derek Jeter and Jeb Bush buy the, Mar- the Marlins? Will it go through?
0: Derek Jeter and Jeb Bush buying the Marlins.
2: My hometown, Miami. Home- I, my hometown team, the Marlins.
0: You're from everywhere. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I mean. And nowhere. I don't see this as a problem. No, I feel like it's a weird relationship with the two of them. I mean, How much influence would they
1: really have on the team? That's what I'm saying, you know? The team's not in a great state. They have a really nice park that they shouldn't have spent so much tax money on, and they have a really bad team. I mean, they have some bright spots on that roster, but that team is not as good as they were supposed to be when they got that new stadium. Don't know how much Derek Jeter and Jeb Bush is going to attract free agents or whatever.
0: That's like a weird sentence to put together.
1: I I don't think it can hurt Miami, so that's a plus, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's a plus. (laughs) I mean, it really. There's no way it can hurt Miami. That's what's. That's what's
1: right. It's like having cornflakes for breakfast. You know, it's like gonna get you full. Not going to get you excited, <laughs> but you won't be hungry. Yeah, it gets the job done. It's
0: just very. It's a weird combination. Uh, I really don't know. I mean, what if
1: Derek Jeter all of a sudden becomes like a Mark Cuban owner? Like he was so. I would love stoic that stoic as a because, player cause becomes if, a crazy as an owner.
0: Because that's just that's <laughs> just adding to his like repertoire. Like he's Derek Jeter. Like that'd be awesome. Oh, so do nothing wrong. This is like the best move.
1: All right, so we just said nothing in a lot of words,
2: <laughs> Charlie. So this is from. Ashley from Manhattan, and she said last night at the Met Gala, A-Rod and J-Lo showed up together alongside Tom Brady and Giselle Buncheon. Which couple do you think is the better sports uh, combo?
0: Oh, come on. What kind of question is this? Everybody knows that one of the top four reasons a lot of people hate Tom Brady is because of his wife, okay? They're jealous that this oh-so-nerdy Tom Brady, once upon a time, could not run a damn 40 at the combine, has this supermodel of a who wife, makes more money than who him? Who makes who makes way more money than him? So of course they were the they were the best. They they took the gala from him. Well, me. I look at it like this:
1: If you want to be analytical in it, Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. A Rod, not the greatest baseball player of all time. J Lo. J-Lo. is very popular, but not necessarily ever considered, I don't think, the greatest in whatever she was doing at the time. I do man. J-Lo's lo man. But she was never considered... She's kind of like a, dude, dude, like a Christian McCaffrey, dude, like, like can no, do a lot of things.
0: Do, you will not disgrace her and okay, compare no,
1: the... A uh, lot more talented. I'm just saying, she's never been the top singer in the world, never been the top actress in the world or whatever.
0: She was voted the prettiest G- woman in the world.
1: Okay, well, Giselle Bündchen at one point was if not now, still the most successful and number one supermodel in the world. So I just buy those numbers alone and got to go with the Brady family. It's funny because- The Brady bunch.
0: I don't know. <laughs> J-Lo, uh, is, is J-Lo versus the two of them. I don't even consider them counting A-Rod, to be honest, but J-Lo, God, damn, man. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing.
1: You can use that cup over there to pick up your drool. Charlie, what's the next <laughs> question?
2: Uh, before I go to the next listener question, I just looked up uh, Giselle Bungeon and Tom Brady's network com- net worth combined is $600 million, while <laughs> A-Rod and J-Lo, $800 million. Oh. So Jim that's J-Lo just some added uh, extra to that.
0: J Lo, you you're underestimating J Lo and I you need to say sorry.
2: Uh but for the next listener question, it's from Kevin from the Bronx. He's talking about the Yankees. He wants to know, are the Yankees for real?
0: <laughs> Listen, Kev, I really do hope they are for real. Why? Because we need this.
1: I guess that's true. I'm not a big fan of the Yankees necessarily or I'm not against them. I'm not someone who roots for them, but you're right. I think sports are better when their marquee franchises are at their yeah, best. NBA is better when the Knicks and Lakers are good. MLB is better when the Yankees, Red Sox are football good. Football is better when the Cowboys are good. Like, this is true.
0: You know, even though they are labeled America's team, even Those though
1: there's a team called the Patriots. Thank you, red, white, and blue. Right, okay. that's kind of patriotic. A lot you of people
0: think? do not think about that.
1: Ironically, it's the team America hates. Crazy,
0: uh, but we're not going there. But honestly, though, when the Yankees are successful, like when when the when the right franchises are doing good, when the Lakers are doing good, the Celtics. It looks good just for the nation as a whole.
1: This is true. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of swayed now. I, I, I Again, we current Yankees, they have a very young roster. They have some highlights. And the new thing about this Yankees team is for the first time in my recent memory, they seem to have a good farm system. Yeah. Like they're actually developing their players, not just going out there and buying them. But still, that's not enough. They need to go get out some free agents. I know I've talked about Bryce Harper. Wearing the pinch wipes I think would be awesome. Kind Love of maybe it. even shake up Yankee culture a little bit. Who knows? But, yeah, they're not there yet, but they're on the right path. They're better than the Mets, who should be at the top of their game right that's now. That's right. But they have too many injuries, and I think that's going to hurt them in the long run. But Yankees, I'll give them a C plus. <laughs> C+. plus With, with B-plus overall potential. Watch
0: out, man. Aaron Judge is coming.
2: So this question is from Tom from Golden State. He said, "Obviously the finals are probably going to be between the Cavs and the Warriors, but who would you rather build a team with in this year's draft if it was to redraft? Would you rather pick Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving?"
0: Okay, you know that's a good question. When you when they said Well, the neither's was,
1: team has really won that much when they were the sole player on it, you know?
0: Uh that's a great statement. Cuz when Kyrie was by himself, it was disgusting. Yeah. He did great, yes. Was, and mean, same with
1: Steph. Steph wasn't really winning until they got Clay Thompson to Draymond Green developed. You I know. I mean,
0: well, hey, we still got to answer the question. And if I was this to, is true, <laughs> if I was to build, and it it's funny because I I think I have to go with Steph Curry.
1: Marketing wise, just because that Mar- or- yeah. no,
0: yes, and almost sixty percent about maybe eighty percent is just marketing wise, honestly, because you can attract. Oh, that's that's a tempting. I. I- you know my stance on Curry. I think he's an overrated player. Oh yeah, me too. Greatest you know. three
1: point shooter of all time, but greatest,
0: greatest shooter of all time. Yeah,
1: shooter of all time. Not well rounded enough to really catch my eye. And I think Kyrie Irving better ball handler. Of has still iconic enough to have his own shoe. Is a great shooter. Clut, more clutch than Steph Curry. Not as good a shooter, obviously. They both suck at defense.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think Kyrie Steph thinks wins, the though. world is flat. Oh god. Yeah. You know, that's not a good look for you. He's not mentally stable, man. I love him to death though. I have a teammate who looks just like him and it's disgu- like it's weird how much they look and This is weird.
1: why you don't build teams because literally in your PowerPoint <laughs> would be like we need to get Kyrie because No,
0: but I, I went against Kyrie though. I went against <laughs> Kyrie and that's probably why cuz he looks just like <laughs> I'm going to go with Kyrie. He looks I like I think his marketability, he's
1: a better player overall than Curry in my opinion and I think it's marketable. Potential is less than Curry's, but not so much less that it makes that that it would make Curry the better option.
0: I want everybody to look up Kendall Percy on the Fordham football roster and see how he looks just like Kyrie Irving. It's disgusting. Very disgusting.
1: If you don't like how Kyrie Irving looks, but I mean,
0: it's it's weird. They talk the same, too. Like, you think I'm playing. Okay, I'll show you a picture after this show. Definitely will.
1: I've never been not excited at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's time to wrap it up, Charlie. It might be. Yes, that time means it's time for us to go. Unfortunately, it was kind of a quick jump in with the music, but, you know, Charlie wants to get us hyped for the rest of the week. Summer is coming. Guardians of the Galaxy coming out. And a new episode of this podcast will be coming at you next Tuesday, even though this one may have flew by. I'm your host, Reed Horner. Very awkward music stop again. You guys can follow me on at Reed Horner, underscore in the middle of Reed and Horner. This is Showtime Manny himself, I always say. Manny Adeye. Yeah, baby. At Showtime Manny. All the information, too, I've told you throughout the show will be in the post below on WFUVsports.org. Shout out to Charlie in the back and everyone who gave us those wonderful questions. I thought we had a great show. Let's come back next
2: Tuesday, Manny, and try and do an even better one. Let's do it. Bye for now, guys.